This is the Shelbyville Idea. I'm Caleb Brown. I'm pleased to bring you our very first episode featuring newly minted member of the Shelbyville City Council, Sally Pollitt-Zaring. We discussed what brought her to local government, backyard chickens, and what she expects out of her time in City Council. Sally Pollitt-Zaring. Uh, yes. Tell me about yourself. I am I am relatively new to Shelbyville, Kentucky, and wow. I am just now learning about the people to know. You come highly recommended by several people who, as far <laughs> as I know, do not know each other. Uh, and uh, you're a new member of the city council, so I can't ask you about terrible votes that you've made in the past because you haven't made... Those are coming, maybe. Maybe they're coming, but... Um, so... Tell us about your background and uh, what, well, just what do I need to know about Shelbyville? Well, I'm a small town girl, so I grew up here and um, actually just a little bit down the road, but I went away to college and was going to be a geologist and decided that I couldn't talk to rocks all day. People are my jam. So um changed my major to education, and both of my parents are teachers. My, um, they still are teaching in some way or another. But teaching um, was a calling for me because I'm all about building relationships. So I studied in Charleston and College of Charleston and at Vanderbilt and got um, some degrees there. But wanted to come back to my hometown to serve as an educator into the town that I love. Met my husband on a blind date who grew up a little bit down the road from me. Um, Didn't know him because he's a little bit older, but, you know, we won't disclose ages. (laughs) (laughs) Good, That's much appreciated. Yeah, yeah. But um, So I've been at Painted Stone teaching for the last 21 years. I was there the first day the school opened and never want to leave. So I think, you know, through COVID, a lot of us had time to sit and reflect and think about how we want to change the world and, and what we want to do to make our little world better. And teaching is not something that... I want to change or leave, but I thought about how I could serve the public in other ways. So city council and local government is what I thought I could do to help make an impact. Um, It's real important to me that I build relationships with the people that I work with. And so I've had several years of getting really close to families that I work with through school. And I noticed that there were some people new to town that didn't know everything Shelbyville had to offer. You know, the coolest tailor in town or the local coffee shop, you know, the story behind those things. And so I found myself sharing my love for the town with the new families that moved in. But also I've been able to kind of get older families that have been here connected to resources that they need or get their kids involved, you know, with the library and the parks and things. So I I thought this would be a good um, balance for me to serve outside of school and still, you know, serve the two things I'm passionate about, P- 
people in my town. Well, I have uh, yet to adequately prepare the list of questions that I want to ask everyone in government. Um, mm-hmm. And you're new to government, so I will write those questions and reserve those for other people. Uh, <laughs> Great. Uh, but you know why? Why city council? Like why city council? Why not fiscal court? Why not uh, something else? Is this uh, a stepping stone, or is this just like this seems like a logical next step for you? Well, I think city council is a little bit smaller than fiscal court. My dad served on fiscal court for sixteen years, and so that was that's kind of his arena, and. Um, I wanted to do something a little different, but I feel like the last few months have been so inspiring and have sparked new passions within me that I didn't know. I mean, who thinks you're going to get excited learning about um, code enforcement and cost of living adjustments? You know, we don't talk about this in my kindergarten classroom, (laughs) but um, so there has been this fire that is burning inside of me. So I feel really blessed that I have this opportunity to serve in this manner and I'll see where it goes. I would love to serve again in two years. We'll see. But um, it's just really been exciting. For those who are unfamiliar or uh don't live in Kentucky, don't understand how uh, the city government works in Kentucky. Uh, What is the purview of the city council and what is the relationship that the city council has with the mayor? So in Kentucky, we have um, our county government is consists of our judge executive and our magistrates. And so they make, they're divided into regions and Each magistrate um, represents a small region of the county. The city is represented in fiscal court through um, each magistrate, you know, has a little piece of the city that they represent. However, the smaller government is our city government, and that's our city council. So we have our six council members and our mayor. And, you know, people typically... Um, explain it as, or they usually will say, oh, you work for the mayor. No, we work together. (laughs) And so um, with that. And I I suspect at times you also work against the mayor. Well, you know, I haven't had that experience, (laughs) but I'm sure that has happened in the past, perhaps. Um, So with the council, our six members are the ones that, you know, do make the ordinances and the orders. The mayor will bring suggestions and, and topics and has put us on committees and divided the council into um, different groups, you know, made us a part of, of different committees to be involved within the city. So that way we have a little pulse on what's going on in the city and we can um, respond and share information with the mayor to help make decisions collectively. So we could come up with a suggestion for an ordinance and the council members along with the city attorney would help write the language for the ordinance and we would vote on it together. Now, since we're six member team, 
there's occasion we could be split. And that's when we need the mayor to help break that tie. So the mayor is vice president of the United States in the sense that uh, he only gets a vote on special occasions. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> OK, great. And and then um, so what when you run for office, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as, as I understand it, you're a quite popular person. I, of the people that I've talked to who know you, they say, oh, I love her. And well, so that's I just surround myself with good people. Okay, that's well, the, there you that's go. But, the, but, so when, when, but when you come into office, I can imagine someone like you could run for office and it would be I, Sally, am running for office. And I'm like, oh, well, great. I'll support you. But <laughs> other people uh, would have to run on something, which mm-hmm. is to say they'd have to run on I want to do X, Y and Z uh, in Shelbyville. What to the extent that that was the case, what did you run on? So my lens that I'm, I have tried to keep is I want to make this a town that I'm proud to have my family in, and I want other people to feel that way. So there's a lot of pieces of that. You know, public safety, we want to have a town that has you know, police and fire and all of our services are fully funded to the best of our capability. But also, we want to have a great park system. We want to have a healthy community where people are active and involved and connected. And also, I feel like our downtown is um, a really, that's the heartbeat of our town. And downtown Shelbyville is what gives us that unique look, and that's our special stamp on Kentucky. There's no other town like Shelbyville in downtown. So I I really want to preserve the things that make us unique and make us special, but also just enhance some things and think about some tweaks that we can make to make them um, make these things better for everybody. A town you're proud to call home. So, uh, you know, one of the questions I've been kicking around to ask every, essentially everyone in government. One, one of those questions really boils down to what can Shelbyville do as a matter of policy to make itself more welcoming to new Shelbyvillians? Hmm, that's a great question. I think one thing um, that we have done that I would like to continue is we have a um, committee called the Downtown Reinvestment Fund. And that is part of city council's budget in which we are putting money aside to invest in our buildings, historic vacant buildings downtown to attract businesses. So that's a matching grant. If there's a a new business that wants to come in town, um, they can apply for this grant and we as a city can help get them, you know, they buy the building, they put their business there, and after the project is complete, we are able to um, provide them with a matching grant up to a certain amount of money, of course. Uh, Who who owns those buildings? Those are private owners. So so any of the buildings that are vacant downtown, um, you know, around our Main Street and Washington and all of the cool areas around 6th Street, too. Yeah. There are a lot of vacant buildings that don't have businesses in them. 
So I would like to continue to see money go towards those things, you know, helping small business owners, um, but also helping keep that vibe and enhance that vibe of our downtown. I think that's one thing that would be um, important to keep within our within our budget, but also ordinances that are attractive to small businesses. Okay. What about uh, new residents? Ordinances for new residences? No, I mean what, new making, residents making uh, Shelbyville more attractive to uh, you know be more well more welcoming. How can Shelbyville be more welcoming to new Shelbyvillians? I think um, I'm. I would say probably m- one of the most important things I feel is our um, the safety. I, th- I think a lot of us feel safe here. And as we are a growing community, I would, would like to um, see that continue. So I think safety and, and funding things for safety is important. But also, there are some ordinances that may seem um, a little tedious or annoying, but can be helpful Um when you think of like code code enforcement and ordinances that can help make sure that your neighborhood is safe and things are kept up. Um, I'm a landlord. That's one of my side gigs. (laughs) I have a lot of rental property. So um, I don't want ordinances that make it hard to be a land landlord, but I do think that there are things that we can put in place to keep your area safe and to keep people being good neighbors that get along well. So that's that's a line to kind of walk. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't was it Shelbyville or Shelby County that prohibited uh, backyard chickens? Was that that has come up? And I believe that there is an ordinance that tells you how many chickens you can have. But I, I need to fact check on that. Well, I just got my new binder. I, I'm going, uh, you got you just got your binder. Okay. <laughs> oh, mercy. Uh, it's well, <laughs> I, I will uh, ask for follow up on that because in these trying economic times, people like me, you know, every egg, chicken egg is, you know, they're $35 now. Uh, exactly. At the store each. Uh, right. And uh, I, but I now's the time to legalize Act. backyard chickens. Yes. And I, I'm 100% serious about this. Yes. Uh, and I appreciate you coming down here. I didn't mean to put you on the spot on this particular issue, but no, no, there's, that, a lot that of people, be... there's a lot of people in my neighborhood who would love to have eggs from one of my backyard chickens that I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed <laughs> to have. Um. Uh, that would be that would be good. And you know, I'm not sure the answer to that, but I would need to know. Another thing, um, another ordinance that I think would be helpful that would be attractive to residents and small businesses. I would like to revisit that idea of developing an entertainment district uh, right around the heart of downtown. We could start small with Sixth Street. And that area would allow for you to be outside and be responsible with a 
with an open container of beverage. So I don't see this as being, you know, party zone. Yeah. (laughs) We don't really need to make a like New Orleans, no thanks, not Bourbon Street, but maybe Sixth Street. Um, There are some businesses that have been interested in coming to those areas and they want to have an outdoor patio. So now restaurants like La Casina downtown can have an outdoor patio out back. And their argument is, hey, you know, what if we had an outdoor patio out front? Well, the way our ordinance is written now, they wouldn't be allowed to do that. But if they were within an entertainment district, you could have a beverage outside of your restaurant or your establishment right there. And that would take, you know, some extra planning and thinking through like we would need right now our ABC officer is um, Chief Gentry, our police chief, but perhaps we need to fund someone outside of him to make that their specific focus and job. Um, well, I mean, could help. couldn't you just get rid of the ordinance that prevents people from having outdoor seating at their restaurant? I think... Hey, I just finished this training it, last week. Oh, okay. I think All we right. could amend it. Okay. Ah, okay. Right? All right. Okay. Yeah, I think based on my nerdy notes, okay. I think that All could right. be the route. With you know, yeah. you you know, if you don't want to answer any question, you can just say it's my first day. And then Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's my first month, okay? Fair enough. Fair enough. We will revisit this and the backyard yeah. chickens, but I, yes. I would lo- I would love to eat outside in front of a restaurant. Uh, yeah, that it sounds right. great. And and plus, right. well, well, one question I had that's that's uh, maybe you haven't gotten into this, but uh, you know, Washington Street and Main mm-hmm. Street in Shelbyville, they are state roads. They are. So, to what extent do you have to then interact with Frankfurt in order yes. to do things to Main yes. Street or so, Washington Street? So they are federal highways as well. Interesting. And so that's part of the the difficulty because you can't take an alcoholic beverage across a federal highway. <laughs> so you could have, you know, you could have um, an event at the Stargazer and have that regulated and um, a safe and secure area if there was, you know, a concert and the barrel room could sell um, refreshments, adult beverages. And if we had an entertainment ordinance or a district there through an ordinance, perhaps people could come from the barrel room, walk up to the concert and go back. Um, They could not cross over to McKinley's and get a great and, cookie. And there's nothing the city can do about that one way or another. <laughs> no, right? okay. no. You know, maybe you could teleport yourself, but that wouldn't be safe. Um, so I think that there are several of us on the council that are curious and just want to look into what we could do to um, help have those experiences. And, you know, I'm a pretty... Um, old-fashioned girl in a lot of ways. So I I get the argument that 
we want downtown to be safe and we want downtown to be family friendly. And I think that there are other cities that have done this, that have maintained that safe feeling and have, have made it a good experience for even people with young children. So we just need to learn. We need to learn. Yeah, I have heard, um, and and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, in the city of Shelbyville, the, the, the limits on how large of a lot you can buy uh, or the minimum lot sizes for mm-hmm. uh, home construction, that's one thing. But if you're buying outside the city limits, the minimum is – is it true five acres to I build a home? So. I believe so. What do you there, think? There what? are areas zoned that way that when you break up um, a farm, but I do feel like you have to you have to change the zoning in that area if you are, let's say, breaking up a farm and you are going to build, um, you know different size lots, that's a zoning change. Right. So I, I, questions related to that, because I'm definitely, I'm pro housing uh, in in, in a very significant way. And zoning is one of those infringements on our liberty that we accept in order to have, you know, all manner of uh, good things we, we assume. Right. Um, The argument that has been presented that I've heard, and again, this is, you're the first. You're the first guest, so you're you're getting you're getting a lot of my uh, pent up questions right now. But I'll be asking them to some of your compadres soon enough. But uh, it, it struck me that the argument is we're trying to preserve farmland, and I thought anybody who's buying five acres to plop a house down in the middle of it, they're not farmers, right? And right. it seems to me if you're trying to preserve farmland, somebody who'd be just as happy with a quarter acre lot shouldn't be compelled to buy five acres. Right. I feel the same way. Um, It's really tricky because I have a family of farmers. My husband, they've had seven generations on this same farm off of Smithfield Road. And that's what my son wants to do when he grows up. He wants to farm. So I feel that because I think that Shelby County is so special and unique because we have a beautiful blend of agriculture and small businesses and some larger businesses, but they have complemented each other in the years. You know, our horse industry and now our bourbon industry, we need farmland for um, these distilleries to move in. So there are, and we need the corn that, um, they need for their bourbon as well. So that's a that's a mix and that's a blend. And I think that a lot of five acre lots will put twenty people on absolutely a hundred acre farm. Which you could put yeah, you could put multifamily housing there um, to change it. So I kind of my thought um and this is maybe my view is jaded because I think about the next generation of farmers that want to farm. Um, you know, I have that lens with somebody in my house that wants to grow up and do it. But I think it's it's helpful to build from within, you know, to keep our housing kind of tight to our cities. 
And then um, as we annex or if we stretch out a little bit um, or if we don't annex and, and that new neighborhood comes out in the county close within the city lines, I think that is helpful for farmers because I think when you put a, a neighborhood next to a 200-acre farm, how is a young farmer going to be able to afford that land? You know, right now we have land out in the county that is reasonable enough for a farmer. But if you put a neighborhood around it, the the price of land around it skyrockets and and small farmers don't have a chance. Well, I, I wonder about that because if uh, you, let's say you have a bunch of people who want to move to Shelby County and mm-hmm. their only option for the kind of housing they want to build new housing is to buy a five acre lot. I wonder what that does to your tax base in like 20 years. Right. Right. And I mean, we already have worries with um, just the age. I think after you reach the age of 65, you become a homesteader and you don't pay the property taxes that you did before. And that's income that city and county government need. So, um, you know, we there's a lot of pencil to paper that needs to be done to think about what this is going to look like as our demographics change and as we age. I don't age, but I think other people might. I, do. I don't know. I do. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sally Pollitt Zaring, thank you very much. And once thank again, you. thank you for being so brave and being the first guest here. I expect I'm honored I, you asked. I, I will soon uh, have interviews with all of your uh, fellow city council members because uh, city council interviews uh, are like Pokemon. You got to catch them all. <laughs> That's right. They're good people, they're worth catching. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I want to thank Sally Pollitt-Zaring for joining the very first episode of the Shelbyville Idea. I hope you'll share this episode with friends, subscribe to our newsletter at shelbyvilleidea.com, and give us your guest suggestions, comments, criticisms, feedback, news tips, and anything else you want us to know. Email us directly at shelbyvilleidea at icloud.com. I'm Caleb Brown. Thank you for listening. <laughs>